Thank you for connecting to Game Chat. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to Game Chat, episode three. This is a cool new take on the episode, or on Game Chat, rather. This is Game Chat Co-op with my main man, Peter Otis Peter. Um, why not say hi? Let's start off with a hi. Hey, everybody. How you doing? So this is like couch co-op sort of deal. Um, it's a very, very long couch because Peter's coming at us from Europe. Where are you at, Peter? Currently in Greece. Yeah, yeah. So very, very long distance couch co-op. It's about a 5,000-mile uh, couch. It's about, it's, it's about a 5,000-mile couch. Um, we're playing some awesome games, uh, and uh, it's going to be a really cool episode. We're, we're going to take, take a shorter sort of approach to this episode, not have long-form sort of ideas, but just short little topics. So the first topic that we're going to cover is sound in games and what makes sound so important in them. So... Usually when I go and I, oh, I play a game, I, I look at the soundtrack. Like, I, let's take this game, for example, God of War. You've played God of War, right? Of course. Yeah. So that's a game exclusive to the PS4. And, I mean, it has an incredible soundtrack. Um, and the thing is that, like, when you remove that soundtrack, you know, you, you don't get rid of, like, the, the, you know, just generic sort of leaves and things in, in the environment. If you keep those sounds in, and you just remove the soundtrack, you lose a lot of the game. You lose a lot of the intensity. Yeah, yeah. It it creates another level to the environment. And I just want to explore how we interact with sound and why sound is so important in gaming. Why do you think that? Why why do you think sound is so integral to the experience? Because, you know, there's sound like there's the voice audio, like the actors, mm-hmm. the voice actors are you know, talking. And then there's the environmental sound. So like you stepping in leaves or, you know, whatever city sounds, but the soundtrack adds another level to that. And why, how, like, why would you say that it does? Well, I personally think because I'm thinking more of the soundtrack because the soundtrack adds more intensity to the game. As you were talking about with God of War, in God of War, when you're slashing and you're asking your child to shoot the bow and arrow and you're getting to that end goal, you hear the music. Once you hear the music pump up and you know you're about to enter a fight, you just feel better. And that creates a better yeah. atmosphere throughout the game. Yeah. And it comes down to, I mean, you know how, um, why people enjoy like the bass, right? Because mm-hmm. like it kind of follows the thumping of the heart too. And maybe the that's that's, that's like a an added bonus to that sort mm-hmm. of like the thing about music it just it follows like rhythms that we you know naturally follow like definitely so in god of war the soundtrack is really based so god of war for those of you that don't know is um it's based on nordic mythology and a lot of the songs that are created a lot of the music for in the soundtrack is um from like finland and stuff like that from iceland I think they record a lot of it in Iceland, which is amazing, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, with like a live uh, chorus, uh, orchestra. an orchestra. Yeah. So that's, that's like so a, cool. a huge thing, and it like it places another level, like a mystical level, around you know what is an already very pretty game, very looking, very very good looking graphics, and um, very good looking soundscape between the environment and and the voice acting. So, oh yeah, because like I said, once you hear that bass, once you because your heart thumps, you know, when the bass is more intense, your heart's more intense, and then you just feel good because sometimes the music will uh, catch up, and as you're slashing, the bass might uh, add up to the slashes, and and everything will just flow so seamlessly. But when in God of War, sometimes when you travel, you travel on a little boat, and on that boat, sometimes you'll hear some calming music. Sometimes the music will drown out, so the characters can do some ava- amazing voice acting. It's just everything just fits. Everything's just like a puzzle piece when you make a video game. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's almost as if the the developers are using the music like to tell you or mm-hmm. to show you what they want you to feel in that moment. So Definitely. like when you're hacking and slashing, like you said, it's like very intense, boom, 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 
and like the the axe is hitting the enemies as like the the beat drops and stuff like that mm -hmm. but you know in other situations where it's supposed to be more calm it has more calming music so it adds to the story it's uh, or the, sometimes the, the no music at all yeah yeah Ex oh exactly yeah yeah or when the the music completely drops and then you're like you know kind of lost yeah you're um, like, did i turn off my game volume <laughs> yeah yeah and like nobody's talking the environment's completely yeah. quiet it's like oh, super damn, confused here. It uh it it shut off. It forced closed like, the app. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know the main thing is maybe that's what makes music so important mm -hmm. in gaming because the developer has a chance to. Because now a lot of the games are just free form, like do what you want, go where you mm -hmm. want to go. But maybe Complete music it this is, way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they give you all these mechanics that you could jump here, go there, mm -hmm. run there definitely um and then you know a bunch of different like free flowing stories so you can do play whatever you want but with music it helps you sorry it helps the developers say this is what i want you to feel um in this yes. moment and kind of like in destiny where destiny is a very fl free flowing game you know you could go do whatever you want you know you can go fight yeah, right you know, out the gate yeah yeah you go my multiplayer you can do the story you can do whatever um, but say when you're using your super, which is your super powered ability in the game, it kind of pumps up the music or where there's an intense moment, it pumps up the music. So you when feel you're doing like, those raids too, where yeah, we exactly. touched on it a couple episodes ago, where it's the more complex levels. Once, um, the, the main villain of the, of the raid comes out, the music pumps up, you and your team get really excited. I remember when we were doing it and on destiny one, and we made it to the very end, and there's this boss named Oryx, which was this super huge being. He came out. I just remember uh, all of us screaming in the party, oh, my God, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were all screaming, and we were super excited, and we took him down immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And the music just helped in that. It helped to make, it, make it sort of mystical because sure, you have you have the game, like, screaming in your ear, you know, with, like, <laughs> you have the know, game screaming, you have your party like screaming. That. Yeah, you have your party screaming. But then... The music is always there in the background saying, you know, mm -hmm. let's like, let's take this story. This is the story that's going to happen here. And this is what we're going to talk about. Um, and this is what we want you to feel. Mm -hmm. I feel like music's kind of like the underdog of like games. Because sometimes yeah. we talk about, oh my God, the action's really good. Or have you seen this voice acting? Or have you seen the world? But I yeah. haven't heard, I haven't seen a lot of reviewers. I could be wrong. But I haven't seen a lot of reviewers talk about the music and how, it, like we said, how it kind of like everything fits, fits in a one puzzle piece. Yeah, and it, it just elevates the whole experience. Mm -hmm. And it, it just music generally, too. I mean, you could think about a soundtrack to a movie, how it, it, you know, it amplifies the whole scene. And, like, music is generally always playing in the back. Mm -hmm. you, you, because you notice, like, very drastically when the music's off. Mm -hmm. um, That's how I used that, to play games. When I got lost, I would just listen for the music. I'm like, come on, give me some intense music. Give me some yeah. intense music that I go yeah. the wrong way. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, are the enemies over here? Uh, is this where I'm no, supposed no. to be going? Wrong way. Turn around. <laughs> and and the other thing that we wanted to touch on, I think, when we we're talking about music, is actually listening to your own music uh, during games. Oh yeah. Like so, um, like the the personal level that can even go into playing these games. So of course we mm -hmm. said that the developers can use music to kind of direct what the gamer should feel, but um, in games, say like Destiny, how we were saying, it's like a kind of a grindy game, so you can kind of go at your own pace. You don't have to pay attention to the story at all. You could just be, you know, uh, searching for guns and stuff like that, shooting enemies, sh you know, s stuff like that. Just gener mm -hmm. generic stuff, stuff that you don't yeah. really need a background music or any voice uh, recording right. or anything acting. Or plus, if you're a veteran player and you've heard the song about you know fifty thousand times, it's sometimes it's good to change it up. And that that's a big thing too. Yeah. So so now, like at least on PlayStation and a lot of other consoles, you can use Spotify or other music listening music apps, and you could have the audio play over uh, your game. game. Yeah. So that's another cool aspect to it, where I'm going to personalize my experience even so far as go to to you know play my favorite like Post Malone song over my Destiny uh, <laughs> little. You know, one hour destiny playtime, and that adds I'm, to a person. I know what I do. 
I know what I do mainly is I know when we play a lot of Rainbow Six Siege, I have a lot of Post Malone going on in the background, who's one of my all-time favorite artists. And every time like I hear you making a call out, I immediately go to my quick menu and I keep pausing the music. So every time we play Siege, I hear like three second intervals of the song. And yeah. then when I know we're going to win, I just play the song and I just sit in the corner and pop up my yeah. camera. Yeah. And, and like in those multiplayer games where you're playing with your squad, I mean, you don't really need to hear the the music no. in the game. I mean, unless you're being really, really tactical and you want to hear every footstep and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But in terms of the soundtrack, you don't really, you know, it doesn't really add much more to the experience because that's a more personal experience, especially if you're playing with friends and stuff like that. You want to personalize the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Because when you buy the game, that's your you're buying. Like I believe we touched on this in episode one. You're buying the experience, so you're exactly. you're buying the experience of loading up the game. You know, going with friends, going on Spotify, listening to Post Malone, Charlie Puth, you know, yeah. Young Thug, listening to whoever is your favorite artist or artists, and just having uh-huh. an amazing time. And that's just basically what gaming is mainly about: having a good time. Yeah, and that's a big thing. I mean, that idea. I think you. I think it was in the first episode that you said this where when you buy the game, you buy an experience and the game is an experience in and of itself. I mean, yeah. every everything, like different angle that we try to like touch on, whether it was like in the second episode where we touched on like the people playing now with the sounds and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's all revolving around the experience that you're having within the game. And that's the big, big picture. Um, what are you playing? How are you playing? With who are you playing? And And things like that that craft an experience that you can remember that lasts in memory. Mm-hmm. I know Spider-Man is a very good game to listen to Spotify with because as you're swinging, you just feel good. Like listening to your own music. It's kind of like Spider-Man has his own headphones in and he's kind of like yeah. listening to your music. Yeah. And like, that's a unique thing. I mean, sure. A lot of people probably have done that, but to you, like, like Spider-Man listening to Post Malone, that's a unique thing that you have. Yeah. And jumping through the city and saying like, Oh, I'm going to go take down this, uh, this bad guy. That's a unique to experience the beat of to a, you. To the beat of a different song. To the beat of a different song. To the beat that's like, you know, the developers would have never thought of. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's an experience unique to you. So crafting your own soundtrack is also a very cool thing too. Have, crafting your own background to games and stuff like that. So it's enjoyable to see things like that, like Spotify being uh, mm-hmm. available on the PS Store to to do things like that too. Overlaying I think that's kind of cool. And the thing that's kind of cool too is I know some game developers, what they do is I believe that they've done it for, I've seen it so far, at least for God of War, Mortal Kombat 11, I believe for Spider-Man also, and a bunch of other mm-hmm. games. They've actually added their the soundtrack to Spotify. And when you're playing oh, that yeah. game, for example, like Spider-Man, like the, the PS4 will obviously detect you're playing Spider-Man. And when you load up Spotify in your little uh, dashboard quick menu, it'll give you the Spider-Man soundtrack first before anything. Ah, that's really cool. And like, can we just say the Spider-Man soundtrack is just Fantastic. amazing? Yeah, I Fantastic. mean, when you're jumping through the city and and it knows exactly when you jump off a building, and you, mm-hmm. and you throw that you first like web the, out. Yeah, you hear the high pitched music, and you yeah, just and feel just like you're Spider-Man. Up. Yeah, yeah, you just feel like you're Spider-Man, and that's the mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. I know it's like, Batman did that too. Yeah, yeah, and Batman did a great job when you're again when you're jumping off the building or mm-hmm. when you're jumping being up, shot when out you're gliding of, uh, off the building. Yeah, yeah. So gliding off the building, summoning the Batmobile. Summoning remember, the Batmobile, I, exactly. Remember the first scene in Arkham Knight was Batman saying, I'm evening the odds. And then you press the button to uh-huh. su- to jump the Batmobile. And then I hear just like this dark, gritty music. And you and you're just you just feel like you're Batman because he just like one. He just jumps straight into the Batmobile and the music kicks up and you start up yeah. into a tank. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, man, this is so awesome. And yeah, like, oh, my gosh. When if you if you saw that, like that whole idea, the the whole scene without the mm-hmm. music sure it'd be cool it but with the, the music yeah but it wouldn't be the same yeah yeah mm-hmm. you don't get that same gritty intensity you as you would with the game like volume off yeah yeah and and it's it's the mysticism i think that that's being mm-hmm. created like the whole oh, thing yeah. like the whole they want wow to create the whole atmosphere the atmosphere exactly and yeah. and that's what i think the the game developers are trying to nail especially using music to nail the atmosphere so you that's can the missing, create that's experiences. The missing puzzle piece of all games. Yeah. I mean, you could really see the games that are really good have a good atmosphere. A mm-hmm. good whether it's sure, you know, God of War is just a very atmospheric game or things like Minecraft, where sure it's just a bunch of blocks, but there's an atmosphere there. There's a, a feeling of uh creativity. The there. Just super peaceful. Yeah. 
yeah, peaceful, creative, things like that. So soundtracks are super important in games. Oh, yeah, and definitely. It's, it's interesting to see them develop. Um, it's interesting to see how they function within the game and how we look to them uh, to guide us in the emotions of gaming. Yeah, especially when you're especially when you're thinking about like older games like in an arcade machine how you just heard a bunch of 8-bit music and even that 8-bit music was something that everyone remembers especially like if you little Pac-Man you hear that you know or yeah. Mario for I think I accidentally yeah. did the Mario theme same thing yeah yeah you hear the Mario theme in 8-bit and you just know because you feel you kind of feel like you know you see obviously you're jumping on the Goombas and you're doing everything and you just yeah. and you feel good, even though it's just eight bit music, or if it's like music from you know back then when arcades were a thing, you just feel good no matter what. Yeah, and you don't even have to think about uh, like or see a screen. You just mm-hmm. you just see the hear the music, and it's instantly a bunch of emotions flow through you, like oh Mario, oh you know my youth, things like that. Mm-hmm. Pac Man, Miss Pac Man, Galaga, like just seeing all that, like music just helps Doom. you remember better. Doom, oh, Doom has an amazing soundtrack, even the yeah. la- even the latest one. Yeah, and I think um, that that was my attempt at trying to have a nice segue, uh, <laughs> because, because uh, in our news today, um, we have uh, a Doom one, two, and three uh, being remastered for the Switch. So, which is say pretty we, awesome, actually. It's pretty awesome, yeah. So, I, I, I'd say we we get into the news a little bit, talk about Let's a few it. stories. All right, and we're back, back with the news. So on today's like plate. news segment, on today's plate of news, we've got Doom One, Two, and Three on the Switch. <laughs> Doom One, Two, and Three remastered, which is really cool, and especially on the Nintendo Switch, which you can take on anywhere. The That's yeah, so it's, cool. And the Switch is now getting a a Switch Lite, which uh, is another which is a little uh, cheaper. Console, a little cheaper. Uh, it doesn't like come apart like the switch does but another really cool device i think definitely which is perfect really for cool. taking around it's like the psp was but it's being supported with really cool games especially now in like you know a couple of years into his life cycle oh yeah so you've got a whole bunch of like a good backlog of games for the switch between zelda mario and all that stuff but today we're talking about doom i wonder if they have um because i know uh doom one two and three like a weird just saying when we got remastered I wonder if they have uh, Doom 3, the BFG edition. And for people, uh-huh. who, I think, who might not know Doom, BFG stands for Big Effing Gun. is like one of the most <laughs> overpowered. It's it's actually the correct pronunciation. It's uh, one of the best guns in Doom. And I think they mm-hmm. added that edition. It's kind of like a like a, kind of like a game of the year edition, how people have, but just with its own little twist. And I think, I hope uh, they have any like extra guns or DLC that may come with it, but I'm not too sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it does because it says it's a remastered edition, so maybe that yes. they'll include everything on the in the, the package, which would be really this cool. Is, this is making me want to buy a Switch, to be completely yeah. honest. Yeah, and and the, the cool thing is, the Switch is like a port. Like it would be nice if Doom came out on the PS4 and Xbox, but there's a different sort of vibe when it's like right in front of your eyes. Yeah, especially on a Switch, which is super like accessible. Like yeah. you have it, like, you know, you could plug it up to your TV. You could, you know, obviously have it handheld. So while you're playing on, like, the train, you know, while you're playing as a passenger in a car, you know, on a road exactly. trip, whatever it is, you just, you, it's right in front of you. And you're like, oh, my God. Especially for uh, people who have played Doom originally before it was remastered. Yeah. You get to relive those memories. Yeah, and you could just take it anywhere now. You know, you could yeah. play Doom and, like, live in your world. That's you could take so it on, crazy. on a road trip and stuff like that. So it's, it's so a really crazy. cool. And I think Doom, like the new one, like the 2016 yeah. Doom, that's also on the that's Switch so now, cool. right? Yeah. So, cool. so, like, you're getting all the Doom that you want on the Switch right now. Which is actually, I might want to buy a Switch after this recording, to be completely honest. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think they like, do international it, shipping. <laughs> they probably do. You're just going to have to go... Uh, Go online. Pay a little more. Pay a little bit more. Um, worth. Worth, yeah. I mean, you can actually. Now you could go ahead and pre-order the Switch Lite. I think it's available now for pre-order. I think it's shipping in September. So Awesome. Look out for that, everyone. It's, it's Definitely like going to have to look into it. 
Yeah, and the cool thing about that is it just coming in awesome, like cool colors. It's a little bit smaller than the Switch, so it's, it's a lot like, more portable. It's kind of like when the iPhone had, I believe, what was it? The they had they had a string of iPhones where it was just like a kind of like a it was kind of like a rainbow color. How they how oh yeah, iPhones are normally like um, kind of like gray or like uh, white or was, rose gold. Uh, yeah, the X. Yeah, iPhone five C where it was like red, 5C, blue, yellow. Yeah. I think it was like the five yeah. C was like red, blue, yellow, green. You know, and that's pink. A- that's just awesome too. I mean, we're talking about gaming experience and stuff like that. Like I want like the whole thing to be an experience, not only the game, just like the, the physical thing that I'm holding. Yeah. I want to, I want to have an awesome blue console because I love the color mm-hmm. blue or something like that or a pink console. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's like when the DSs did that, when uh, Pokemon diamond and Pearl came out, how you can buy the DS with them, with the two Pokemon, with the two Pokemon from the games. Yeah. Or how you can buy like different, different excuse me different colors of like the 3ds xl or yeah. like the 2ds xl or something like that which is so cool because it's like yeah. you want to customize it your way and that's the cool thing too i think when you have a handheld console you you want to customize it more than mm-hmm. you would like a stationary one so take a like a you know ps4 and xbox one you can buy like those sleeves yeah, I mean, you can, you can do that, or, like, do you really care, like, what color it is? Because it's just going to be sitting under your TV, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you may, you may close it up in, like, some sort of TV case, and you may not even see it. It's like a black or white console just sitting there. But when you have something that you're holding in your hand, it's a little bit more personal. So, like, I'm going to go and play Doom on my awesome red console. So, everybody, yeah. can, you know, you just show your personality with that. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, I'm playing, you know, everyone's like, oh, what are you doing? It's like, oh, like you were saying, I'm playing Doom, my super cool red Nintendo Switch Lite, which yeah. is actually kind of fitting for Doom because you're in hell and you're through fire, which is kind of fitting, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's the cool thing about the the, the Switch Lite. And, I mean, super just dope. generally the, the, the Switch offering so many cool games. I mean, it's getting new games, too, but, like, the backlog of just remasters and stuff like that is I feel is like the awesome. remasters are really outweighing the new games. Like, I believe they announced, like, Breath of the Wild 2. Like, yeah. People were super excited about that, but the second they announced Doom, like, Breath of the Wild, it's like they kind of, like, swept it under. They're like, hold up, let's yeah. focus on Doom first. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they announced all these games, so, I mean, they're coming, like, mm-hmm. 2020 now, but, you know, we want, like, people want things sooner than 2020. Yeah, so. yeah so I, I think there were... Doom 1, 2, and 3 next month. Exactly. So like the the remasters are adding um you know just just games to the Switch. Uh just some sort of like something to play. And I think that in the beginning too that was hard because I when I first got my Switch, I got a Switch. Um I think like a month after it came out or a couple months after it came out. Mm-hmm. And sure there was Breath of the Wild which was an awesome game. I'm sad to say that I I never finished it. Um, and then there was like Splatoon and Mario Odyssey and stuff like that that were slowly coming out, but generally it was slow. Like in the six months that I had the Switch or something like that, those three games came out, and I had a couple of other like Stardew Valley, a couple mm-hmm. smaller. Stardew games. Valley is also pretty good. Yeah, it's a cool game, but like keeps you busy. It keeps you busy, but you kind of want like those big budget games, like those awesome mm-hmm. games. Like yeah, and I think in the beginning that's what kind of demoralized me. I can't think of a better word, but then I just kind of got rid of it. I just thought, you know, there's nothing really here to play on the Switch. Yeah, yeah. If there's and plus that's also a good point because if there were like you know the three popular games, which was Splatoon, Super Mario Odyssey, which is basically uh, Mario Pokemon, um, <laughs> and um, and Breath of the Wild, if those three only three games are available. Once you like complete them, or once you play them to its max, the Switch isn't gonna have a good shelf life. So now, after seeing all these games come out, or are about yeah. to come out, people want to buy the Switch. It's almost kind of like they're. It, it kind of seems like a marketing tactic, but I'm kind of not too sure about it. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, in in a sense, it is now. I mean, they're 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 mm-hmm. releasing like say say for like the new game that's coming out, Pokemon the Sword and Shield, right? Nice. Uh, it's coming out in October. And uh, the Switch Lite is coming out in September. And there's already announced, I think, uh, a Switch Lite Pokemon Sword and Shield edition. My God. So, like, you know, they're, they're just pushing consoles with the games. Mm-hmm. And I think as... I mean, that's just a general tactic, you know. Sony, Microsoft do it with the PlayStation and the Xbox. 
Sony did it with the PSP two for the God of War game that came out. I believe it was called Chains of Olympus. There yeah. was a there was a God of War game where there was a God of War like PSP where it was all in red, which was so so cool. I remember I have it. It's so yeah. cool. And then they gave you a sticker of it was a cutscene where like Kratos is obviously you know like doing his thing and being super brutal. And I remember mm-hmm. I stuck it onto the back of my PSP. And that's just kind of like, and that was kind of like, you know, Peter's own thing. Like, oh my God, you know, Peter's got like a God of War PSP. He's playing God of War. Yeah. He's playing all these emulators he installed onto his PSP because <laughs> that's kind of like his thing. Yeah. And like and that, so that's, cool too. that adds to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, it adds to the experience again. And like the thing that with the PSP, it just, it wasn't supported. And it's no. not, now it's nice to see that the Switch is, and the Switch mm-hmm. is kind of like, not, I'm not. I'm not going to say the spiritual successor because you know Nintendo has DSs and stuff like that. But it, it and more things to come about that. Yeah, yeah, it got a lot of influence from the PSP. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, very similar design and form factor and stuff like that. But it's being supported with games, and especially now, um, getting the Switch again after I sold it, uh, you could see an expansive store. It's got a bigger uh, library. A huge library of games. Um, you know, not all of them are good. There's a lot of just really bad games on there, like forty nine cent games that are just like yeah, like a lot of third party garbage. Yeah, yeah. But there are a lot of really good games and a lot of really good games coming. Um, so that mm-hmm. makes me very you know hopeful for the future of the Switch, especially um, and... because they're releasing the light. And if the Switch obviously isn't doing so good, nobody's going to buy the light. Exactly. And now with the light coming you'll add another huge audience of people to play these games. So you have mm-hmm. the Nintendo Switch uh, online, so you can play multiplayer. And lowering the price by $100 to $199, you get a whole influx of new people wanting to play mm-hmm. games like Splatoon and Pokemon and stuff like that. Wanting to play games it makes like it, Doom. It makes uh-huh. it all like super affordable, too. Like, it... It might, you know, $200, $200 is obviously a lot of money, but by lowering the price, you kind of like can, you can get more people involved into the Switch because how much, how much was the Switch? Like $400, almost like a console. I think it was $299 overall. $299. So just yeah. by dropping the, just by dropping the price, like even like, like we we're talking about $100 or $200, you're giving more accessibility to others yeah. to because... join and get in there. Yeah, yeah, because like the Switch is two ninety nine, but you know, then you got to buy games for it, you know, yeah, and, which, is, which adds on to the price tag. Exactly. So, say a sixty dollar game, you buy a couple of games, and you're already, you know, you're near five hundred dollars. Exactly. So with the light, you might be saving like we were talking about one or two hundred dollars, which is actually very and super incredible that you know, and the yeah. time I was able to do that. So you drop it by a hundred dollars. I mean, you're getting a really cool console. It's more handheld. I mean, it loses the like throwing it on the TV and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you get a cool console you can throw in your bag and you can play wherever you want. Plus you get really cool games. You get really cool games. You get support from Nintendo. You're going to get the Nintendo Online, which, you know, granted, it's not the best thing, but it's got a, a cool backlog of old NES games. Still runs. Now, yeah, yeah, it's still... It's, and <laughs> now you're getting Doom. Doom 1, 2, and 3 on the Switch. Which is that? That's still like I know I've said like that's amazing, but that's still like very amazing because I am a Doom fan because I yeah. did play the the 2016. I believe what is it the 2016 one, and then yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm losing my years. The 2016 one, the 2016 and one, then, yeah, the, the yeah, one, and then I out. did I did emulate Doom one and two, but I did not play Doom three. Yeah, so imagine like you know you get your Switch Lite and now you're just chilling like you're you know you're at university, you're you're chilling at your library, you're studying, and now you're just tired. Bring out your Switch Lite. I saw people doing light, that. Play a little bit. Did you actually? Yeah, I did. I did. I was actually. I was in um, the student center and like you know where, where you they sell like mm-hmm. near the coffee bar, and uh, I was like just chugging along on my computer working, <laughs> and and this guy, oh bless you, thank you. Um, this guy who just brought, uh, he was like working. He had a whole bunch of papers on his thing. It looked like he was working on like huge documents. <laughs> yeah, he has his backpack to his right side. He just reaches down into the backpack. He doesn't really, he doesn't even stare at the backpack. And he just, he just knows where it is. Yeah, he just knows where it is. He's like looking straight ahead. He pulls out the switch. He pulls out the controllers. He pulls out uh, headphones. He pulls out like this switch dock. He pulls out a power bank. My and God, he's like, without looking in his backpack. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he sets it all up in front. He's just like I don't. He was playing uh, Legend of Zelda at the time. Oh, was, okay. Like, like a couple months after the uh, the Switch originally came out, and he was like chugging along at the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. I and I was like, you know what? That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, he's, he's super he, bored, and what can you do? Go for it. Bust yeah, up the Switch. Have some I mean, fun. sure, you're bored, but you're also like, you know, you're tired of like you're mentally drained, you know. At, school and stuff like that yeah, and in that instant you don't have to go home right you don't have to go home you yeah. don't have to go to your dorm you just have it right there in front of you you play a little bit you don't break up your workflow too much and then you pick go right your, back to studying yeah it's kind of like pick up your head chief the nintendo switch is waiting for you <laughs> exactly i got you chief yeah yeah there was one time uh where when the switch came when the switch came out uh mario kart was so big on the, oh, on the yeah. switch and my friend, I remember my friend. He had uh, he had a black case, and it was the it was the Switch case because he also yeah. had a Nintendo Switch case on top of that. And he uh-huh. comes into the library, and, he's, and the librarians were super like strict about you know like don't yeah. make noise, don't do this, don't do that, you know, don't do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And my friend sits in front of me, and goes, Peter, you want to play Mario Kart? And I remember I was I was I had forgot to do homework for the class that was the next period. Yeah. And. I, I was, you know, I finished it, you know, super fast because it was material that we've already done. It was just kind of like a review. It was not like a study guide. And then I'm like, all right, cool. And he gave me a controller and we just started playing Mario Kart in the middle of a library, you know, which was super packed. Yeah. And isn't that awesome? Like, that's, that's just so a cool, cool thing about the Switch. So I know we've kind of got it off topic with like the, the news, but it's just a cool, uh, cool idea. So if, you know, if you have gotten a Switch, it's recommended. Um, there are a lot of games now for everyone, everyone, everybody. <laughs> Uh, um it was like it's a combination of everybody and everyone every, every uh so it's so an official yeah. coin phrase it's yeah uh out of uh, out of uh, five poppy peppers the switch gets a 4.5 uh yes. for 4.5 i would also give it the same rating yeah so so you you heard it here 4.5 out of five poppy peppers for the switch uh doom hasn't come out yet so we're not giving it an super official hopeful. rating but we're super hopeful the poppy pepper super hopeful really on those graphics Exactly. Those graphics mean everything to Doom. Yeah, just like a nice HD bump. Definitely. Yeah. But now we're going to talk a little bit about the competition, uh, namely oh. Sony, uh, oh. because the PS4 just shipped 100 million consoles. Yes. That's 100 awesome. 100 million consoles. And I think that puts it in line with the PS2. Yes. Yeah, the PS2 is like really close. Or I think the PS2 maybe just just a tad ahead. Um, I think yeah. definitely it's definitely over 100 million. I'm not sure how much over. Yeah, I was I was reading I was reading up on that story too, and it said in the first fiscal quarter of 2019, uh, Sony sold an additional 3.1 million units. Sold, yeah, which is pretty crazy. Wow, I just imagine. Yeah, a hundred million. I'm sorry about that. That was my front door um if it caught on the mic <laughs> but uh very back on topic um imagine a hundred million consoles in the world a hundred million people owning a ps4 and all of them are playstations yeah yeah all not even playstation they're ps4s like they're this new model that just came out uh i mean no it just came out it was six years ago but in six <laughs> years they've sold a hundred million consoles it's it's just insane, and then you just think about the amount of people that are like doing PS Plus. I mean, it's not a staggering yeah. amount. It's probably mm-hmm. a very low percentage of those people, but it's still but insane. So those very low, yeah, the very low percentage can still bring in a bunch of money for Sony. Yeah, which I means mean, that just, they can, you, put... you know, pay more, uh, pay more companies to do the PS4 exclusives. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, make better consoles because you know, like we said. I believe we talked about it in episode one too, because we got we had a lot of good ideas from that episode, <laughs> where, <laughs> where you know how I was saying when you buy a game you invest in a company. It's not just a game. When you buy anything, realistically, you're investing yeah. in a company to do better and make better things. So when yeah. you're buying that PS4, when you're buying that PS4 Pro, that PlayStation Plus, you're giving Sony, I guess, more doors to open yeah. to make the company better and mm-hmm. just you know, do right by the people that buy their stuff. Exactly. You you pay that $60 a year for that, for the PS4, but you expect them to sale. keep, sometimes it's on sale, but just generally $60. And it comes in clutch. Yeah, it, do, it does. You know, you get the, the free game, so you get rewarded for it, I guess. But mm-hmm. then you expect Sony to push the exclusives because they have a, a, an awesome number of exclusives. 
and to keep up the servers for multiplayer games and protect you, uh, which is a big thing uh, online and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's cool. It's really awesome that Sony's been able to do this 100 million consoles because before the, the console came out in 2011, 2012, around that time, they were saying that consoles are done now. Mm-hmm. Consoles are like the past. You know, it's PC and it's cloud gaming and stuff like that. And, and then once the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One started getting up a little um, steam and a little bit of attention in the gaming community, and then, you know, the quote-unquote uh, console wars, quote-unquote, um, yeah. started, like, happening again. We're very um, neutral. We're Switzerland in the console wars. Basically. Um, every, everything just changed. I remember South Park made, a, made, a, made like, a Black Friday episode, uh, two episodes about it, about the console yeah. wars and how funny it was. Like, half the kids went with ps4 half the kids with went with xbox and it was so uh-huh. funny how they were like uh they were like oh we got more exclusives oh but we, you know uh we can you know we can watch netflix while listening <laughs> to games you know it's like all this yeah. stuff they're trying to you know convince all the other kids and it's yeah. just so funny because at one point the kids who sided with sony went to sony headquarters uh-huh. and had the had the ceo uh come into the episode and like give like a sales pitch it was super funny and really entertaining because <laughs> you know it's yeah. all satire with south park yeah. And it was, you know, and it's just crazy too that people were saying consoles are a thing of the past, and now seeing Sony hitting a hundred yeah. million was a hundred million units. That's insane. A hundred million units, yeah, a hundred million consoles, and now you you see like those a hundred million consoles. I mean, it's not a hundred million people, but a lot of people that have bought those consoles. Mm-hmm. Even and if it's like, people like how you were saying, sometimes maybe they sold their PlayStation Four. Yeah. And then they see all these games, and it's kind of like you with the Switch, how you sold the Switch, because maybe there wasn't a lot of games, and yeah. then you bought the Switch again. So it's probably people who sold, who recently uh, like maybe sold their PlayStation 4, traded it in a GameStop, yeah. and then bought it again. And maybe now, too, because like you know, it's getting near the end of the life cycle, because we see the PS5, PS5. is probably most likely coming. Um, uh, Microsoft announced the, the Project, Project Scarlet. Scarlet? I think Scorpio Scarlet, was the Scorpio. Scarlet I think Scorpio was the Xbox One. Scorpio? I think Scorpio was the Xbox One X. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. You know, I think it's right, probably right. Scarlet, the new one. Yes. Which like the Xbox, I don't know, two, let's say. <laughs> the Xbox two. The Xbox two. Is it the, it is the Xbox three sixty to one to two? Yeah, three sixty. I don't know. The 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 names is not you know the next Xbox. The names aren't important. The name isn't important. It's the next Xbox. And those are going to be consoles, like under the yeah. the, the the TV consoles. And in I'd an like era now, those, uh, I'd like to see those reporters who said consoles are basically dead. Seeing all these yeah. sales go up and seeing all the new consoles come out, and like, can we delete this post? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now like they're not dead, but it, they're changing because we see cloud-based gaming. We see the oh, what's it? oh Stadia. Stadia, Stadia, Google Stadia. Stadia. I got a lot I of mean, ads for Stadia. Yeah. You never know how much Google is going to support Stadia because they say things and then they just like, you know, do another, do another thing and just kind of close down the whole project. They show a lot of AAA games in those ads. Like they show Assassin's Creed Odyssey and they show Forza. See, but the thing with Stadia is like you, you pay a subscription to have Stadia, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have to pay for your games on top of that. So you're not like, there's no like discount or something. It's not like a subscription where... Well, that's kind of like, like how it is with PS Plus in a way, because um, if you have games like uploaded to the online storage and your PS Plus runs out, you can't get those save files because you don't have the PS Plus access to go into the online storage. Yeah. But the thing is, I guess it's pretty much it's very similar. But in a way. The, the thing with uh, PlayStation is you have the option if you don't want to go digital, Pop you can out, buy yeah. all your physical games, right? And then, yeah, then you have like... um. Uh, external hard drive. Yeah, to, and you have the external hard drive. That too, and the big thing is, yeah, the external hard drive. So you could have all you could just remove it, plug it in a new PS4. But the big thing is that you can trust Sony and Microsoft to definitely keep up with the system, which they is do it, a lot and they do very well. Yeah, and the other thing is like Google is very untrustworthy with. How, how they keep up with things because they'll just cancel projects like whatever happened to google lens you remember that was a thing that was oh a, yeah, yeah, yeah google lens google lens yeah 
Yeah, and like their their new tablet, the Google Slate, it came out like last year, and then they confirmed, yeah, the we're not going to cool make another thing, one. The one cool thing that ever came out of Google was the Google Cardboard, which was basically a cardboard box with VR. Yeah, yeah, like that, forty bucks. That, that, yeah. So things like that. So can you trust Google if you're going to go pay them a premium for their service, and then on top of it, buy those games? Yeah, you know, buy a the... premium subscription, and if they don't deliver, then people are going to want their money back, and people are going to be very, very, very upset. Yeah, and and then like, how do you access those games? Say Google is like, oh yeah, this project isn't working out. Uh, we're going to close Stadia. It's like, and you uh, do I get those licenses for the games? Yeah, the save files, the licenses. I paid yeah, sixty like, bucks for the game. Yeah. They're gonna say, "Oh, sorry, money? you're out of luck." I don't know. Yeah, that would not. That's not. You know, that's, that's the very, fear that's that the I fear, have, yeah. and I think that most people have with cloud-based gaming. Like, there's nothing physical where you can say, "Okay, that's my console," or "These are my games," and stuff like that. It's just, mm-hmm. it's up in the air. It's all in the cloud. You know, it's on the cloud. It's all in the cloud. Yeah, I just stare up and look at the clouds and say, "This is where my Assassin's Creed Odyssey save file is." I just don't know it yet. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, okay. This this is where I spend 120 bucks on those games. Oh, this is where this I spend is where it went. Yeah, this is where it all went. Yeah. yeah. Just look up super confused. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. And that's why they closed down the servers. Lost all that. Got it. Uh-huh. Got it. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you for Thank your you. time. Thank you, um, Google. Thank you. Thanks, Google. But, you know, let's... I honestly, I don't know how to make this transition transition from from this topic from 100 million consoles to oh, we could say Sony. And uh, in, in other Sony news, Spider-Man: Far From Home hits a billion dollars. <laughs> that was a transition right there. There we go. Um, it's not very related to gaming. Still, but, but it's still entertainment nonetheless. It's still entertainment. It's still fun. It's it's a game for your eyes. Um, <laughs> gaming for your eyes, love it. <laughs> You know, not for your hands, you know, or your gaming for your eyes. It's gaming for your eyes. So That's Spider-Man awesome. Far From Home, I don't, I don't think anybody has talked about it. I feel like... Which is surprising. It's it just like, it just happened. It's like, oh, Spider-Man Far From Home is out? Okay. Yeah, because I believe, I think people still weren't over Avengers Endgame yet. And then Spider-Man Far From Home came out and everyone's like, hold on, I still haven't coped yet. Yeah. Hey, you know, Endgame's out on uh, digital now, so you can watch it and cry again. You either yeah, and plus I think if you buy it on PlayStation, you get a super cool background. Could be wrong, but Ooh. they do I mean, that with every movie. Definitely I for for Spider Man Far From Home, since it's you Sony, cool you probably do get a really cool background. Because I think they gave you one for Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah, but yeah. Spider Man Far From Home hits a billion dollars at the box office, the worldwide box office. So it makes it the first Spider Man movie to do so, and it's kind of it's just incredible. Which kind of surprises me because have you seen the Sam Raimi movies? How how have they not hit up like a hundred million? Like you feel? <laughs> I know that it's just I'm surprised Spider Man three was just like that dance number. Yes, and it just didn't get a hundred million. <laughs> just rake it in with uh, maybe they're gonna make a Spider Man four now with Tobey Maguire and Sam Raimi. Um, yes, that'd be awesome. Just like the comeback, the comeback kid. You know, yeah, well, they should they should factor. Cool yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, well, I'll go. Um, the thing kind of cool though is um, the the it's kind of cool, but it's also kind of like um, risky. Is uh-huh. Sony and Marvel how they kind of have that thing? They kind of like share Spider Man. Yeah, I I remember reading somewhere, I believe it was IGN, where if um, Marvel didn't break the one billion contract, Sony would just yoink uh, the Spider Man. Title back. I heard that. I saw that somewhere. Yeah, if Spider-Man: Far From Home didn't make a billion dollars at the box office, something like that. Mm-hmm. But then, at that point, it was already at nine hundred and seventy point six million. Yeah. So at at that point, you kind of already know it's going to hit a billion. Yeah. But like, why? I mean, Spider-Man has is like has been the best that he's been. You know, in terms of yeah. you know monetary and in terms of just like the overall you know consistency and good storytelling. He never stops crying though. He never he never stops crying. No. <laughs> just, just generally. I mean, you know, Tobey Maguire also had a very good cry face. Andrew Garfield. I just want to give, I just want to give him a hug. Like, just bring in, bring them all in, be like, "Come here, boys." Come here, boys. Some ice cream. All right, <laughs> I'll give you some ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know what? That's a big part of the the Spider Man, like just storytelling. It's it, it, he is a kid, and he and you see kid. that a lot in um in the Spider Man game. 
oh, that's yeah. uh, exclusive to the PS4 is he's, you know, very, you know, he's a little bit older there. He's in college, but yeah. um, it's he's a in cool... college and he also, he's also been around the block a couple of times. So he knows, you know, how to be Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's a huge aspect to, to Spider-Man and stuff like that. So, so the consistency in the storytelling, making sure that he's a, uh, he is Spider-Man. He's that kid from Queens who has a heart of gold and stuff like that and wants to do what's right. Wants and to save everyone. He wants to save everyone. And that's, that's what Marvel studios has been telling with the rights of the character. And that's why he's so popular now with Tom Holland. And that's yeah, why he hit also a billion Tom at the Holland box office. He's a fantastic uh, actor in general. He is. He's a very, very good Spider-Man. And I could see him just going into the future, like, you know, 10 years of Spider-Man. And then he get he gets to the point where, you know, to, to now in the comics where Spider-Man has uh, Peter Parker Industries and stuff like that. Oh, that's so cool. I remember they did that a lot in the Spider-Man video games. Yeah. Like, uh, I believe they did that for uh, the Spider-Man game. I believe it was called Spider-Man Edge of Time, where it was the Peter Parker Spider-Man. And then it was the Spider-Man 2099, which was Miguel O'Hara. And oh yeah, they kind of they kind of like Spider Man. Uh, the Peter Parker Spider Man dies in his in his realm. Spoilers, but the game's like nine years old. It doesn't matter. Um, um he dies uh, fighting uh, Venom or the anti Venom, which is basically just uh, Venom, but he's uh, white. Yeah, and and he drains which and the whole purpose of anti Venom for people who don't know is he drains the powers of people with his tendrils. So he drains Spider Man completely of his powers, kills him, and then he goes back in time. Uh, the 2099 Spider-Man goes back in time. Mm-hmm. And when he does this to fix the universe, he actually turns the main bad guy into Peter Parker w- because he made like a non-aging cream. And yeah. then he made Parker Industries in 2099 and he actually becomes uh, one of the main bad guys in the game. Yeah. Which is super cool. That's so cool. It's like cool stories that are yet to be told like that. We Spider-Man, or Spider-Man. Was... I think it was like, I think they, they touched on this too in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, but it was... Uh, Spider-Man, I believe it was Web of Shadows. No, it wasn't Web of Shadows. It was, it, I think it was Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, where yeah. it was the Peter Parker Spider-Man, Spider-Man Noir, Spider-Man 2099, and then the Venom suit Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Or the symbiote yeah. Spider-Man. And like that's, I mean, you see that like sort of expansion of the Spider-Man universe, mm-hmm. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Now, Which like in the movies. A really good movie. Yeah. And that's a cool balance that, that Sony is like just been that pushing. they maintain for a very long time, you know, that now that they want mm-hmm. like in their movies. So they have Venom. They had the Venom movie. But they're trying which, to expand honestly, the Spider-Verse. Which personally, I thought it was pretty good. I don't understand why the critics are giving it such a hard time. I genuinely like the movie. That was a pretty good introduction to Venom. I, mean, I think they just build off of that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they the build off one. of it, it's fantastic. If there is a next one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing that people fear is like, it seems like Sony is building some sort of Spider-Man universe for when... They take back Spider-Man, and you're like, "Wait, how can you take back Spider-Man? He's so mm-hmm. integral to the Marvel, you know, the MCU now." And plus, since fans kind of know that contract is still is probably still in effect, the next yeah. time a Spider-Man-based movie comes out, they'll do the same thing that they did, where it was kind of a meme, where Avengers Endgame and Avatar, like they wanted Endgame to surpass Avatar. Yeah. So it's kind of they'll kind of probably do that kind of thing, where since they know that it's like if it won't hit one billion, yeah, they'll if they yeah. if like the Spider-Man movie doesn't hit 1 billion, Sony's going to take the character back. And obviously since Marvel's doing such an amazing job with the character, people are going to keep going to see the movie no matter what. Yeah, exactly. And that's that. I mean, the Marvel fan base is just insane. That's true dedication. True dedication. And now, I don't know if you saw the, the announcements at Comic-Con. Well, not now. It was like a week ago, a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. But there's like a huge new slate for Phase 4 those two years. Did you see any of the movies that were released or announced? Uh, I... I the one that's really interesting to me right now is the Doctor Strange horror movie. Right? What is yeah. it? The Mystery of that's Madness, I believe cool. it's called. Yeah. That sounds um, so cool. What was it called? Let me see the name. Multiverse of Madness. That sounds so cool, dude. That sounds really cool. Another cool and is... It's like uh, the MCU's first horror movie, and you're like, yes. Yeah. And you're like, how can you do horror? And <laughs> I saw... I don't know if you saw the like the key, the key the announcement and... Uh, Kevin Feige, the CEO of uh, or the mm-hmm. president of Marvel Studios, he's like, "Yes, it'll be PG 13 I'm like, "How do you do super scary stuff with PG thirteen? PG thirteen, yeah, kind of like yeah. paranormal activity, but you know, more cool and it's less just like dumb. jump scares. I don't know. That actually be kind of cool though, because think about it. If he's going into like what is it, the multiverse, then he see yeah. like that opens up so many opportunities. 
because I remember in saying, Far From Home they talked about it. Yeah. And people are saying that this could be like um the introduction. Like the introduction to some like new sort of thing where it could be kind of like a civil war where it's kind of like a mm-hmm. Avengers light sort of deal where like mm-hmm. different Avengers come in, maybe in like the multiverse that they go in, Cap is still alive, or sorry, Iron Man's still alive, Cap is younger, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's Thor's a cool thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Thor, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, that's a really cool Oh yeah, uh, Jane Foster is going to be the female Thor. Female Thor, yeah. That sounds, uh, that's so cool. Or uh, what's it called? The Mighty Thor, Black Widow. So cool. Blade. Yeah. Oh, Blade. Honestly, Blade sounds really cool because yeah. they're using. I I don't want to butcher the the actor's um, name. I Ali. There you go. Um, it's it just sounds so cool because yeah. Blade is actually a really cool character, and I think he's been with Spider Man a couple times too. Like he's yeah. fought alongside Spider Man. He's a cool character. Yeah, like just very so cool. awesome. Sorry, like. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with it. I want them to do uh, Marvel. I want them to do, um, I, I don't know if like a lot of people might agree with me, but I want them to do a movie based on um, the character Moon Knight. Oh, okay. Uh, like the, he's the kind of, Marvel He's kind of like the Marvel Batman, yeah. It's just yeah. inverted colors. Yeah, just inverted colors, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he's got like batarangs that are like, like that are crescent moons. Anyway, let's be on the point. Yeah. Um, I, that, but that's... It's still such a cool movie. Yeah. What do you think about now, like, speaking of movies, uh, not movies, like, like, you know, Marvel Studios, the Disney Plus series, like, do you think they should be movies or, or like, um, what's it called? The MCU should stick to movies? I feel like, I feel like the MCU probably should stick to movies only because it would be different if, like, they took Daredevil and Luke, and Luke Cage you know, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, it'd be mm-hmm. different if they just took them and put them into the MCU, then I'd say, oh yeah, definitely stick with both. But since they kind of didn't integrate, they, well, they kind of tried by showing kind of like the Avengers Tower or something like that, yeah. like in like their previews. Mm-hmm. But since they haven't kind of like, personally, like since they haven't like infused it into the into the movie scene, I think they should just stick with movies. Yeah. Only because I haven't like seen... Like, like obviously, you see what the, what Marvel can do with uh like TV shows, but I want to see how they can infuse it. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. Like, how are you gonna? How do you work it in? How do you work it in? How do you like work it in the people's schedules? Like, you mm-hmm. know, sure you expect people to see like a few movies a year, but then like eight hour series and stuff like that. You know, paying for mm-hmm. Disney Plus. It's just like, it plus, seems like I a also, huge commitment. Yeah, I also heard that the next Avengers movie is going to be uh well, I think Kevin Feige might have said I could, you know, I could, this could be wrong, but I remember seeing it where it's a like it's a complete like it's a mix of characters that we have and haven't seen before. Yeah. I mean, which is for very, Phase 4 there wasn't curious. any Avengers movie announced. Yeah, I feel like for Phase 4 they just want to keep it like they kind of want I feel like they're doing like another build up because if they're not yeah. doing any Avengers movies then what like obviously we're far from home with you know with the end credit scene which we're not going to spoil and then you know whatever yeah. um doctor strange is doing or whatever you know um yeah, exactly. black widow is doing or what black panther is doing or what loki's doing or even blade how is that all going to fit into like an avengers movie mm-hmm. or how's that gonna you know <clears throat> excuse me or how's that gonna fit into an avengers movie or how is this gonna you know lead into another thing exactly because it did take them what it took them three phases because it took, you know, it took yeah. all the phases to set up into, you know, Civil War and, you know, uh, Infinity War, Endgame. You feel me? Mm-hmm. It does seem like they're kind of using this Phase 4 two-year thing like, as like a kind of like a realignment of like, oh, like this a, is like now this is control. like, a, yeah, and not like a damage control, but like just kind of like realigning what the MCU is going to be like or a kind of mm-hmm. rearranging, reorienting the idea of the MCU. So like. You've got your movies, you've got your TV series, you've got a bunch of different angles on the superheroes, very yeah. like deep cuts like into movies, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. you're like going back and getting like very specific nitty gritty about things. It seems yeah, interesting. Definitely. I'm interested to see how they're going to do it, like how they're going to uh, work in the, yeah, work in like the, the, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like an eight hour series, TV series into the movies and stuff like that. So. And I was surprised they called they called it Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 
because after obviously after the end of Endgame, what happens? I'm surprised they call it Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Oh, like you're saying it should be Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Well, I feel like if they were to use that, because I feel like they've they've used was they've used that title before, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I think that was oh, the, the Winter Soldier. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they've already used that title. So I feel like if they use Captain America and the Winter Soldier, they'll probably think it's like a like a prequel or something. <laughs> yeah, they so probably just will. To, just to like avoid confusion. But like the new art for Falcon and the Winter Soldier has Captain America shield on it, so I think that's going to be a big like part of it. It's going to be mm-hmm. Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes, yeah. like just kind of and, and, and like yeah, dealing with like the the fact that Captain America is no longer in the picture. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. Still very absurd. It's very Another upsetting. big thing, just like to touch on it for just like a, a little a second here, the Eternals. I don't know if you saw any of that, but the Eternals. No, I think with, I did. Oh, okay. It's like a huge cast. The Eternals are basically Ooh. like an immortal race, and um, nice. they're played by like Angelina Jolie's in the cast. Nice. I'm gonna mispronounce the name, but Kumal Nanjiani. Awesome. Yeah. That was a good pronunciation. Yeah. Is that good? Uh, yeah, Richard Madden. It's a huge, Ooh. really cool cast, very awesome, diverse cast that will play these really awesome, mm-hmm. diverse set of characters. Ooh. And I'm interested to see what that's going to be like and how they're going to interact, like these Eternals who are like su- super power, awesome beings. How they're going to interact badass. with... Yeah, super badass beings. How, they're gonna, how are they going to interact with... Is that to the tagline of the next movie, the Eternals hashtag super badass beings? <laughs> Super badass weeks. Exactly. Like we need to write a quick email to Marvel saying, hey, I got yeah. your second movie title. Just so we get some royalties at least. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that, that's going to be a cool uh, sort of thing because they're still introducing new characters. And uh, Shang-Chi, another cool uh, Asian character, master of Kung Fu. Reminds me of Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be cool and interesting like little couple of years here for twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Yeah, I'm really I'm really interested to see personally the one that's like got me stuck is definitely the Doctor Strange one. Yeah, that's that's really exciting. Just to that's see where it's stuck. gonna go. Because one, yeah. you know, Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange is just like yes. Dreamcast. Know, Dreamcast. And I'm just ready to see is is Mordo coming back from the first one, like to cause yeah. some trouble? Yeah, like is it know, all gonna Doctor be Strange in? gonna see in there? Yeah, yeah. What's going to happen in the multiverse of madness? I think Wanda's going to be in. So cool. Oh yeah, I've, yeah. I, I've I've heard that too. Yeah, so Wanda's going to be in it. You know what's going on there? It's it's going to be an interesting thing. I'm remember, ready for I it. I believe there were theories that Wanda was going to be in it only because anytime someone sees the color red, like oh my god, it's Scarlet Witch. But oh. um, I remember there was like there was like a thing where I think um like someone made like a I think it was I, I don't know if it was like an official Marvel post or if it was like fan art. But it showed like Doctor Strange, uh, you know, like obviously front and center of the poster. I think he was like going in to the to the quote unquote multiverse of madness, and there was like a yeah. red circle, so people assumed it was like Wanda or something. Oh, I know something about like you know they said Wanda's powers are like unstable magic or something like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's gonna be like some sort of teaching aspect, like you know Ooh. this is how you use your powers, Wanda. Yeah, the master becomes the teacher, or the student becomes the master. A student becomes a master sort of deal. I don't know. It's gonna be cool. Be it's gonna nice. be cool. Bottom line. Yeah, I think because really it puts characters, it puts characters together too. Like we kind of haven't, like you kind of wouldn't expect. Like obviously, yeah. Doctor Strange and Wanda. Like I don't think people really expected for them to team up. I know it's gonna be cool, and like you know, you have a whole bunch of other series and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. in terms of the gaming thing, I just to kind of bring it back as we wrap up here. <laughs> how how do you factor? I feel like you could make such a cool gaming universe, like a series of games with like mm-hmm. the content in this in these movies. If you just follow the movie, sure you can follow the comic books too, which are like the big. You get a lot of your inspiration, like from like like Spider Man, you know, the PS4 game. Mm-hmm. But like, why aren't there more mo- like games for these movies? It seems like you know, kind of like you know, an easy. I feel like people are cash grab sort people, of deal. I feel like people are scared to make them only because. Uh, you know, obviously, when the Wii was more popular, and you know, with three six like last gen with the Wii three sixty PS three, there were movie games like yeah. uh like the Incredible Hulk, obviously based on the same movie, um, which was wasn't that good. Um, yeah. Iron Man, I believe it was Iron Man two. They made Iron yeah. Man one and two on the Wii, which yeah. obviously failed. Uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, which kind of had like I think Batman Arkham style combat. 
but it wasn't that good. You only use two buttons, and that was like to attack and block. Yeah. I so, think the like, issue is like I said, how to do it's it. like cash grabby games. Mm-hmm. But like if it's good, like a good sort of game, like Spider Man mm-hmm. or I mean or now Batman. The, the, or Batman. Because I know for like, Batman Arkham Knight, they used three different, I believe they used three di- different comic stories to, and, a, and they put it into one. Yeah, to create the game. Mm-hmm. The storyline of the game, yeah. I don't know. I, I seem it's, it seems like it's like I, I see you know you see now with Square Enix and the Avengers game. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not going to take a lot of the stuff from the movies because not even Hawkeye Hawkeye's not in it and stuff like that. So it's it going to take DLC. its own little maybe 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 he'll be in the multiplayer that they announced. Mm-hmm. I feel like though personally the the heroes who you know everyone loves and then some one thing happens and all of a sudden they're villains. Yeah, I feel like that's a little played out. Yeah, like you see, like because uh, a lot of like obviously a lot of TV shows have used it. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of movies have a lot of movies have used. It. Batman's used it once in like an animated series. Yeah, and uh, Spider Man's uh, Spider Man's done it I think once. But yeah. I feel like it's it's kind of too played out. It's kind of like because you know it's gonna happen by the end of the game. Exactly. You know, everyone's gonna be all buddy buddy again. Like mm-hmm. like Captain America Civil War, where it was like half a cap. You know, Captain America's yeah. team was considered like vigilantes. And then That's by like true, yeah. you know, in, Infinity and then they're War, like back like together Endgame. in Infinity War, yeah, yeah. or like, <clears throat> excuse me, or like Justice League, how like they fought and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I don't like you, you don't like me, blah 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 blah. They fight, and then by the end, anyway, yeah. And now like, like, like Superman, like now, spoiler alert: the uh, the ending of the spo- the uh, the after credit scene of Spider Man, where Spider Man's the bad guy, Spider Man. Yeah, where Mysterio's like, oh, you know, he killed me, ha <laughs> Yeah, he killed me, oh my god, you know, he's the evil guy. Stuff he's like the evil that. guy, yeah, you know, here's his identity. That's, that's true. It might be like a very, like, played out sort of story. We'll see, we'll see how the story, I hope it's good. Because then... Yeah, I know, hope it's good too, because even though, like, you kind of know the ending, like, the Avengers are going to be on top again, you kind of yeah. want to see how they get there. Yeah, and if it's a cool, like, you know, game mechanics as you're playing the story, you could switch between characters very freely stuff like that you know we'll see mm-hmm. i hope it's really cool Definitely. and it'll sprout like some more games like individual style games where like oh we have a doctor strange game and mm-hmm. doctor strange is going to come doctor in doctor strange would be too. awesome that'd be know, an awesome right? game like you have to master different spells and stuff like that that's awesome it's like harry potter but like next gen yeah harry potter next gen and it's like fighting you know it's gonna be that's gonna be my review on the box it's like harry potter but next gen harry potter but yeah. next gen exactly that's, that's gonna be the official uh uh, game chat review. Yeah. yeah, the official game chat review. Like Four Harry out of five Potter. Peppers, Harry Four Potter, out of five Potter. Next gen. <laughs> that's it. That's that's it. That's our review. Yeah, we're gonna wait for the game. And we're waiting for the game. And waiting for the game to come out. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, we're waiting. Can't a wait. lot of cool stuff is coming. We've reviewed a, between the Switch. Like Game of Thrones. When people say winter is coming, gaming is coming. Gaming is always coming, guys. So. So thank you for stay listening to this. Yeah, stay on your toes and keep listening to Game Chat. Keep listening to the logs. Uh, you want to say a little bit of a goodbye here? Thanks again, Bobby Booth, for having me, and I love all of you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for being here and, and having this awesome little couch co-op session. It's, for the it very really first fun. of many. The very first of very many. It's going to be awesome. Uh, you know, the logs is always expanding. Uh, with mm-hmm. uh, with our content, game chat is always ready to expand and find you know just try new things because that's 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 life that's the spice of life. Try new things. You want to help me move this couch now? Yeah, yeah. Let's we're gonna go and move the couch now. So we're thank you guys and, for you listening. Know, sort out this five thousand five hundred mile couch. Yeah, exactly. So it's gonna take a little bit of time. The next episode of game chat is gonna frankly be delayed, I guess. So what can you do? Uh, <laughs> but, but thank you guys for listening to game chat episode three. And we hope to see you everywhere on the logs. Keep listening to the logs. Keep listening to Game Chat. Have an awesome rest of your day. And keep laughing. Keep on laughing. Bye. And that's Game Chat signing off. Game Chat is a podcast series from the logs. So if you enjoyed, please like, please follow, and please subscribe anywhere you find podcasts. Go and visit our merch store live now with a bunch of designs and styles. Listen on YouTube if you'd like a transcription of the episode. And always, always remember to laugh a little.